around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hey, I just want to welcome you to this week's Terry Mize Ministries Podcast. This ministry has the same goal today as it has since the very beginning, almost 50 years ago now, and that's lift up the name of Jesus and minister life to the people. You can find out more about who and what we are at terrymize.com, T-E-R-R-Y-M-I-Z-E.com, as well as books, audio, and other training material that will help you win. I'm Lynn Mize, and I'm sitting here with Terry and Renee Mize, and today I'm really excited about this particular broadcast because we're talking about the election. What is a Christian's role in politics? How should we vote? And what matters are the most important when looking at a candidate? Dad, we, we've just spent breakfast together, and, and Renee and Julie and you and I sat around talking about some of these things. And you and Renee tend to be outspoken about political things on social media. You guys talk about things that you believe are important, and you're not shy. You don't shy away from it. Um, what do you think in this climate, because this this is a heated, contested election, and people are opinionated on both sides. What do you think is the most important thing for a Christian to look at when going into an election like this? Well, you know, Lynn, uh, there's an old, old adage, an old saying that I've heard all my life that says, don't, when you get together, you know, don't talk about uh, politics or religion. And of course, I think that's ridiculous because we should talk about every area of life, but we shouldn't talk about those things from our opinion. We should talk about them from the Word of God. That's, that's where you get in trouble is everybody has an opinion. And uh, your opinion may be right, may be wrong, maybe half right, half wrong. But we can go to the Word of God and get the true sense of God's opinion, and, and that's all that, that counts. You know, years ago I wrote a little book called God's Opinion of You. You know, I don't know what my opinion of me is. Why do I care what I think about me? I want to know what God thinks about me, and I want to agree with God. Everything he says about me is right. Everything he says about me is accurate. So I want to find out what he thinks about me, what he says about me, and agree with him. Well, the same thing in health. What does what not what do I think about health? Do I think I ought to eat an apple for breakfast or celery stick for lunch? I want to know what does God say about health? What does he say? He's the he's the healer. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the God that healeth us. He's the one that said, I'll put none of these diseases of Egypt upon you upon you. He's the one that says that by the stripes of Jesus we're healed. So he knows more about uh, medicine and healing and, and health and wholeness than we do. He knows more about who we are than we do. He knows more about all these elect, election questions than we do. And he certainly knows more about religion than we do. So instead of us just throwing our opinion out there, I always want to go to the Word of God and say, what? how does this balance with the Word of God? How does this uh, uh, weigh, weigh this thing out with the Word of God and see what the Word of God says and who weighs uh, more on the side of God and who weighs more against God? And sometimes, you know, we have political candidates that are, uh, both of them are just pretty much the same, and they're they're kind of agreeing with the things that God said, yet there's an opinion here or there that you don't like or a personal trait here or there that you don't like. But as far as something that would upset the apple cart, in other words, something that would just violate the Word of God, uh, it may not be there. But in this day and age, that's not true. You know, in the old days, it just really didn't matter. In my granddad's day and before that, it didn't much matter if you were a Republican or a Democrat. Didn't much matter how you voted because the whoever it, the, uh, the candidate was, whether it was a Democrat or a Republican, they all believed in God. They all believed in America. They all believed in marriage. They believed in the home. They believed in kids. They believed in taking care of your family. Uh, they believed in protecting America. They believed in uh, blessing Israel. I mean, they just almost didn't matter how you voted. It was just kind of some of those personal opinion things. But that's just not true anymore. Yeah, that's really right, isn't it? And Renee, I wanted to pull you in here. I, I know Dad said, and you feel the same way, for years I've heard him say, as a Christian, I don't get an opinion. 
Right. I just look at the Bible and mm-hmm. see what my opinion should be. That oh, this doesn't true. matter what I think about it because I have to make my thinking line up with what the Word of God says. Well, that's right. I, it's always about comes down to where you are mentally, and I think maturing emotionally and things like that. There are all kinds of of mental uh, distractions and mental, you know, rabbit trails that people go off on that that really make them sidetrack the major issues of life. And what's really important in an election, um, many years ago, Brother Kenneth Hagin wrote a book called Right and Wrong Thinking, and it, we have to think right. And as Terry was saying that about his book on God's opinion of you, going to the Word of God gives you the balance of wisdom to be able to make right choices and be able to see truth when you hear it and be able to understand it and know when someone's not telling the truth or when someone is not not being truthful about a particular issue or it's very lopsided or one-sided and they're not giving you all the facts and all the issues. And and sadly, today we have um, many times in the media, if not more than we all want to admit, people in media that do not uh, give you the accurate uh, position of a candidate and they don't give you the whole story. So we have to really know both in our heart what is truth, and we have to be able to hear it and know it when we hear it. And it really, uh, we live in an age where um, people are very deceived by um, the entertainment value of something. They judge everything. A carnally-minded Christians judge everything by an entertainment value, by who entertains them the best, by who they liked in a personality, instead of listening at real issues and real uh, wisdom and a concept and and thinking something through down the line of, if I do this, what is going to be the end result of all of this? And they don't know how to hear uh, something that's going to set precedence for something way down the road and what the repercussions of that will be. We just a lot of times want to be real merciful about something, but but wisdom always should uh, judge just how far in mercy we go <laughs> And then just how far we step out and do something that's real cavalier, and we call it faith, but it's still not going to be the wisdom of God. And that's what a Christian should be looking for, is what is the wisdom in this? What What is the actual a concept of this? And I was joking with some people the other day, but I, I really feel like this. I said, the more I read the Bible, the more I realize that, that you know, God is a good capitalist. <laughs> yeah. And you look at the parable of the of the the. Uh, you know, the talents, and you look at the, the five wise and five foolish virgins. God didn't make the five wise share with the five foolish. And in the parable of the talents, he took Just the guy. Because that, God's that did, not a communist. Yeah. And yeah. he did and he didn't make the guy the guy that only had one talent. He didn't even give it to the guy that had the two or three. He gave it to the guy that had five, who would be able to manage it well. And God is all into to really excellent management and stewardship. He's into things that are uh, God's concept of everything in the world is is management. Do not waste. Um, do not uh, build things up for yourself for your own benefit. A, a selfless lifestyle. And when's the last time we saw selfless people in leadership? No, we certainly don't see that in Washington. And and I mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast um, that you guys will throw things out on social media that have to do with politics. Yeah. Um, that causes people to come back at you and you catch flack for it sometimes because people say, well, you're, you're, you're pro this side or you're anti that side or whatever. And in, in the contention that you guys, that I always hear from you guys is that 
you're not trying to cause somebody to be a Republican or a oh, Democrat. No. You know, it's 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 a concept of thinking in a conservative manner of things that line up with the Word of God. And when you can find, as we were talking earlier, a platform that really can line up with the conservative things of truth, justice, the Constitution, things that are going to be in the long run real justice, not just fairness. Fairness is kind of low-class thinking. Justice is the way God right. thinks. Right. Well, God's not fair. No, that's right. People and that have messes, to that, that messes Christians up a lot of times. <laughs> they they say, up. well, that's just not fair. I say, well, God's not fair. God's just. <laughs> right. He's a just God. He's not difference. a fair God. Big difference. You know, somebody said uh, a long, long, long time ago, they said, uh, well, here's how you can tell if you're a communist or not. If you go to school and you have a peanut butter sandwich and you see a little friend there that doesn't have any lunch, uh, what do you do? And the little kid says, well, I share with them. They say, well, okay, then you're a communist. That just bristles me. That just irritates me to no end because my thinking is, no, then you're a Christian. You're a Christian. You're a Christian. Christians are the givers. Christians are the blessers. Christians are the ones that are going to see somebody in need, just like the story of the Good Samaritan. He saw the man over there that the thieves had robbed and and stripped and and beaten and wounded and left him naked and half dead. And the Good Samaritan went over to him and shared with what he had. Well, that's the very concept of Christianity, and that's what the church has always preached. That's what Christians have always preached. But yet when it gets into a political season, people want to run away from that and say, oh, no, this is socialist, this is communist, this is this is what, you know, we're the good people, we share with people. No, 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 the Christian is the one that's always, always shared and still does to this day. If you look right. at the world situation during a tsunami or during a hurricane or during an earthquake or during a famine or during any horrible, horrible disaster that's taking place around the world, if you'll just watch your TV, it's always the church that's there first. It's the church that always shows up. It's the church that always is involved in humanitarian aid. And finally, governments get there, and governments gets involved, uh, but it's always after the church, and it's never as well as administrated as the church. Whenever you give money through the church to disaster relief, it actually gets there. But whenever you give money through governments to disaster release, relief, then it may get there, but those third-world despots may never, ever give it to the people. They sure. may just take it and run off with it. And we, We've got documentation of that for, throughout history. Oh, yeah. And I absolutely love that because, you know, as a Christian, when you're going, because, Dad, I've traveled the world with you and, and taken humanitarian aid and relief to people around the world um, after these catastrophes, and sure. these disasters. And, you know, the thing is, is I think that that certainly for us, but with the other people that we meet who are Christians who are doing similar things, you know, there's a there's a, a strong passion and ideal that this is God's money. Absolutely. I wouldn't touch it for absolutely. my personal use. I'm taking this and I'm I'm taking God's money from God's people to his other people to help them. Exactly. And that, that's not ours. I'm not going to, I'm not going to administrate with that money. We're not going to take that and use it for our expenses. Exactly. No, of course not. Of course not. That goes to the people. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like uh, 2010, January, Haiti had a horrible, horrible, devastating earthquake where half a million people, 500,000 people died, went into eternity. I mean, just like that, they're gone. 500,000, half a million. And of course, if they, were without God, they went to hell. If they knew Jesus, they're in heaven today. But if they didn't, they're in hell today. But anyway, whenever that happened, immediately the church was on the scene. I mean, immediately. And the first government to show up to help was Israel. The Israeli uh, army showed up and created a field hospital. Uh, But it took the news media several days to get there, and it took the United States several days to get there because we turned some aircraft carriers around and sent them back to to Port-au-Prince because the airport had been destroyed. You couldn't land an airplane at Port-au-Prince, so they had to have aircraft carriers to be able to land uh, aircraft on. And and yet I was praying about that and watching it, and I was in touch with people on the Internet. I was in touch with people by phone and by other means of communication. And 
And uh, after three or four days, I remember Geraldo Rivera showed up, and he was there trying to, you know, see see what was going on, getting his feet on the ground, and his hair was messed up, and he was looking around trying to just get his bearings. And behind him, I saw somebody walk by, and, and whenever they walked by, I just looked at him, and I thought, well, that's Dr. Paul Osteen. I said, Joel Osteen's big brother, uh, Paul, is a, uh, is a medical doctor. And, uh, and so uh, I just said to myself, well, that's, that's Dr. Paul Osteen. And then a few minutes later, he walked by again, quite a few distance behind Geraldo. And Geraldo turned around and grabbed him and said, hey, you, said, I've seen you. You look like a doctor. What's going on? And he said, oh, yeah, I'm Dr. Paul Osteen. We're here from Lakewood Church. We've got about, I forget how many people, 50 people or something. We're here. And we brought medicine and money and help. And, you know, it's always the church that shows up. But, but a few months later, uh, former President Clinton and former President Bush got together and uh, raised millions and millions of dollars for Haitian relief. And that's a good thing. Good for them. But when they sent it, and they did send it, they left America. When it got to Haiti, nobody's ever found out whatever happened to it. And you've been with me to Haiti. You've seen the destruction. You've seen the the rubble where they just built back on the rubble instead of building it right and doing it right. And everybody everybody wants to know what happened to that money. Yeah. What what happened to it? It left America. It got to Haiti. Where is it now? Because it certainly wasn't used for the people. But yet the money that the church sent – You've heard me tell stories about Baptists from Iowa showing up in sure. Haiti and helping people and, and rescuing orphans. I mean, those church people showed up and helped people where whenever it's the governments that are involved, even though the government that sends it may have good intentions, the receiving government and powers that be, are, if they're corrupt people, then uh, they're going to be corrupted. They're yeah. going to do corrupt things. Yeah, and I want to remind everybody, we're talking about humanitarian aid. We're talking about as part of being a Christian, something that we do is give. It's in our very DNA. For God so loved that he gave his only begotten son. And as Christians, because we have the blood of Jesus running through our veins, right? Then, then we're givers in our very DNA. And people that know us and follow our ministry for almost 50 years now know that living to give is my thing. Of course. We preach living to give. We demonstrate living to give all over the world that we're, we're here on planet earth for the purpose of blessing for the purpose of helping. And of course we didn't start out talking about this. We started out talking about political situations. And and I want to get back to that. But before we do, we, we even have a humanitarian arm of Terry Mize ministries called JMICF or the Jackie Mize international children's foundation. Absolutely. And you can go to JMICF.org and find out more about what we're doing, or you can go to terrymize.com, T E R R Y M I Z E.com and find out, We've got some projects listed on there, some things in India, some things in Romania, some things. We've always got something going on around the world, and you can find out more and more about that. And as a matter of fact, we want to hear from you. We want to know uh, that you're coming to the website, that you're enjoying the podcast. And we've got an offer for you this week that if you'll either go on Facebook and like the Terry Mize Ministries Facebook page, or just contact the office through the website, terrymize.com, and let us know that you heard the podcast and that you'd like the free offer what we want to do is, as a gift to you, we want to send you the single CD, uh, Who Do You Say Jesus Is? Because I thought that would fit so much here, because in this election season, what we're talking about here today, we need to know who Jesus is in our lives, and we need to know that regardless of who's in power, who's in office, that ultimately we say that Jesus is running things, and we and we put uh, our trust in Him. So get a hold of us. Go to the website. Uh, like us on on Terry Mize Ministries Facebook page. Anyway, back to the po- the political situation. What do you think? Um, how much importance do you think there is on this election? I mean, you know, as a Christian, it seems like the country continues to slide. You know, right. We're we're on a path, and if you step back from a distance and you look at it, this right. is not going well. Well, well about half the country 
you know, is in one frame of mind and another half of the country seems to be in another frame of mind. And so um, it, it tends to be extremely important uh, just by the sheer numbers of people that uh, espouse to particular concepts of either uh, a more liberal idea of socialism or a, or a more conservative idea of cons- staying with our Constitution. And so it's a very almost black and white, up or down way people are thinking about these things. And that's why I feel like, Terry and I feel like, the church has got to speak up. Christians have to speak up. They can no longer be silent. They have to be bold. They have to have wisdom. They've got to have some punch in what they say by the Holy Ghost. And they've got to know wherein they speak. Yeah, no, that's right. And and we were talking earlier today about the party platforms. You've got the Republican Party platform. You've got the Democrat Party platform. And as Christians, we were talking about it. And one of the things that we just absolutely as Christians cannot do is we can't say we're going to put somebody in authority that wants to continue in further abortion. Well, absolutely. But, uh, there's so, there are so many issues. Um, there's another old, old adage that you've heard me say. In fact, I, I think I created that adage, but you've heard me say this all your life, Lynn, that, that in any nation of the world, as goes the church, goes the nation, as goes the church, goes the nation. So whether it's in America or whether it's other countries of the world, if the church is strong and healthy and doing well, the nation will be strong and healthy and doing well. If the church is anemic and, and weak and not doing well, then the nation won't either. And and frankly, I have never seen the United States of America in as bad a shape as it is now. But yet, it's it's look at the state of the church. The church is not strong and healthy like it once was. And uh, if we're going to get this thing turned around, if we're going to move this ship and turn this ship around, uh, both for in the country, we're going to have to get the church straightened out and get the church back to biblical basics, back to the heart of God, back to the things of God, to realize we don't get a vote in the things of God. God declares mm-hmm. this is the way it is, and we say, yes, sir. We don't say, well, now, God, I don't think it's that way. And, God, I think you need to be relevant. I think you need to get with the times. I think you need to be more modern. God's not going to change. He said, I am the Lord. I change not. Uh, Hebrews thirteen eight says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's just not going to change. I've laughed many times over the years and said, God has a God complex. He thinks he's God. He does. And he's not <laughs> He's not going to change his mind just That's because— right. That's you or I don't agree with him or just because we have another opinion or just because the Republicans said something or the Democrats said something, God's going to stay right exactly where he was. And you can either walk with him and be blessed or you can walk without him and not be blessed. And that's just the way it is. And we're going to have to understand in our political situations that we're going to have to choose the party, uh, not because it was our grandpa's party, not because it's the party that our mama liked, not because our friends are putting peer pressure on us, but we're going to have to see what party values the things of God, the Word of God, and goes along more with the word, uh, the word of the Word and will of God. We're not going to find a perfect party, you know. Neither are we trying to elect a, a pastor. We're trying to elect a president or a governor or a senator or a congressman or whatever it is. Uh, we're trying to elect these politicians who simply are the hired help. You know, we we vote on them, we judge them, we vote on them. And we put them in office, and we don't like if we judge they're doing a bad job, we vote them out of office. Because in America, uh, that's how we operate the system. We're voters. The voters judge, the voters vote, and uh, that's the way it is. A lot of times Christians in this day and age, especially today, uh, today's society, uh, they're really big on this phrase. Now, don't judge. Don't judge. Brother Terry, don't judge me. Brother Terry, don't judge the president. Well, that's absurd. It's insane. 
uh, as a voter, our job is to judge. That's what we're here right. for. We're not in That's a monarchy. Right. We don't have a king. We don't have a queen. We have a president. We have the hired help that we judge as voters. Then we make a, a, a an intelligent vote and, and hire them. Then we pay That's them right. a salary, let them live in our house, and tell them how they're supposed to govern us. We tell them, here's what we want you to do. And then if they don't do that, if they decide, no, I'm a king, no, I'm a despot, no, I'll do as I please, then we judge them and we vote them out of office and we put somebody else in there and say, now you do what we told you to do. And that's the way voting is supposed to operate. And that's the way uh, this system is designed to operate. But, you know, there's another old adage that says um, your opinion of someone else's intelligence is based on how much they agree with you. That's why the news media is so skewed today. The news media used to report the news to us. They used to say, this person said this, this person did this, and that's the news. Now the media doesn't do that anymore. Now the media gives us their opinion and say, well, here's what I think about what they said. Well, you know, I'm not interested in what some talking head uh, news media person has to say or give me their advice. I don't want to hear their advice. I don't need their advice. I don't even know them. I don't know what their life's like. I don't know how they live. I'm not concerned about their attitude or their their well, uh, it's their opinion. terribly condescending. You know, the first time I ever heard that on on a television, I was watching television. I was, I think, I caught on to the fact that the newscaster was actually trying to tell me what to think about something, which is not I, journalism. I yelled back at the TV and said, "I have a brain. Excuse me. I'll tell. Ta- I'll figure out what this means to me." And it's always that condescension in our day and time about a lot of this stuff. And it and what's happened to the church is we've gotten silenced. And at the same time that political correctness began to rise, the, the concept in the church of seeker-sensitive began to rise. So between p- political correctness and seeker-sensitive Christians, churches, we've just about silenced anybody that has, an, has a brain that can give an opinion about something. No, that's absolutely right. And and b- before we wrap things up and we close today, we were talking about this earlier. Talk to us real quick about the importance in, a, in any situation, but we're talking about the election. We're in an election cycle, election phase right now, about going to the man or the woman of God and finding out what they have to say, What is finding out from them what the heart of God is in a situation. Dad, I've, I've, I've watched you my whole life go to uh, Kenneth Hagin, Brother Hagin, and, and find out, you know, what is the heart of God on this? I, I've watched you when he passed away, go to Hilton Sutton. You know, I've watched you go to these men of God. You are a man of God, but I've watched you go to these men and women who hold an office. Well, absolutely. And, and, and yet so much of the time as a minister, if you stand up and you make a bold statement and say, here's what we need to do politically, Mm -hmm. the backlash is wild. Sure. You know, it just, it, it just goes. And yet these same people want to know what you know in every other area. Well, that's the that's the baffling thing, Lynn, is that uh, for on a non-election year, Christians have their wits about them, it seems, and they'll come to the man of God, the woman of God, they'll come to the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, they'll read their books, listen to the CDs, they'll go listen to them in person, they'll ask their counsel, and they'll say, tell us what the Word of God says, tell us what God thinks about this, uh, teach us the Word of God, explain to us the Word of God, help us with this decision. They'll ask you life-changing, sometimes life-and-death uh, situations and questions. And so uh, they want to hear what the man, the woman of God has to say. But then when an election year comes around, they throw all that out the window. 
They don't care what the man or woman of God has to say. They don't care what pastor has to say. They don't care what the prophet or the apostle has to say. They just simply want to hear what Hollywood has to say or what their friends have to say or what party grandpa or grandma belong to has to say. And they run back to party lines. And instead of them having an original idea and trying to say, you know, let me base what this politician is saying. Let me base that and judge it, measure it against the word of God. Uh, Instead of doing that, they just spit out the party line. They just spit out whatever they've heard that politician say, whatever they've heard the journalists say, the newscasters say, they just repeat it like a, like a bunch of uh, uh, robots that are just robotically repeating uh, a memorized phrase, and it doesn't even mean anything half the time. And I'm just amazed at how people will run to the man of God, the woman of God during uh, all their life to ask them these questions about life, about family, about home, about health, about uh, finances about anything. They want to hear what does God say? And then in election year, they say, you shut up. We don't want to hear from you. And yet it was, didn't used to be that way in America. You know, back during the, in the American revolution, back whenever we gained our independence from England in the 1700s, uh, King George in England made this statement several times. He said, I am more afraid of the black robed regiment than I am of the American army of the mm. revolutionary army. And what he meant by black robe regiment, he meant the preachers because the preachers in those days all wore black robes and they would literally walk into their pulpits on Sunday wearing their black robe, preach their, their gospel message, and then take their robe off. And underneath that robe was military uniform and guns. And they're saying, okay, I'm going to fight. Now who's going with me? And virtually every man in the church would follow them into battle. And it's back in the day of the church always was the center of town. It always was the center of commerce, the center Mm. of everything that happened. They had those town hall meetings in the church. They wanted to hear what the man of God had to say. What does the black robed regiment say? What does the preacher say? What does the man of God say? What does God say about this? Let's get God to bless us. You know, somebody asked Abraham Lincoln one time, they said, are you, are you concerned uh, whether God's on our side or not? He said, Oh no, I'm not concerned about whether God's on our side. I'm concerned about whether we're on God's side. Yeah. And that's where we need to get back to today. We need to say, God, what is your side? And I'm going to get on your side. And you asked me a question a while ago about some of the issues. You know, the first thing I always ask myself whenever a political party shows up or a politician shows up, I want to know, number one, are they going to stand with Israel? Are they going to bless Israel? Because God said very plainly, he said, those that bless Israel, I will bless. And those that curse Israel, I will curse. And so it's amazing to me that every president throughout our history of the United States of America has stood firm with Israel, except Mr. Obama. In these last seven years, Mr. Obama has turned his back on Israel time and time again. Of course, we still support Israel in some areas because the country just flat wouldn't stand it if we didn't. And uh, But, you know, he's disrespected and dishonored uh, Bibi Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, time after time again. And, uh, and you know, I don't see any blessings on, on the America from God for that in these last seven years. And so I always want to, are we going to bless Israel? Are we going to stand with Israel? That's my number one concern. And, of course, obviously, as a Christian, I'm very concerned about the abortion issue. I'm very concerned about are we murdering babies or not. And, you know, these aren't my opinions. Right. There's so many things in the Bible, Lynn, that you've heard me say this all your life. There's so many things in the Bible that I really just don't like. There's scriptures in the Bible I really just don't like. I wish they weren't there, but because they are there and because Jesus said it, because God said it, I'm stuck with it. It's kind of like you've heard me say as a missionary, uh, I really wish the scripture wasn't in the Bible that says, eat what's set before you. Oh, me too. I wish it wasn't there because we go to these foreign countries and they give us worms 
They give us monkey. They give us dog. They give us cat. They give us rat. They give us insects. And I've eaten all that stuff over these years. You've eaten some of that stuff yourself simply because the word says, eat what's set before you, and I'm a word person. Well, I wish that scripture wasn't there. I don't like that scripture, but I don't get an opinion about that. I don't get to say, well, I think uh, I'll throw that scripture out. I think I'll keep two scriptures and throw five away. I can't do that. And so I always have to go to the issues and say, how are we treating people? How are we going to stand for people? How are we going to deal with people? How are we going to deal with Israel? How are we going to deal with unborn babies? Then I also have to look at the Constitution and say, well, the Constitution says, A-double-L, all men are created equal. So we have to be right in the racist department, in, 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 in the area of race. We can't right. say, well, this person's unfit, and this person's not fit, and this person's a better race than this person. That's insane. That's, that's from hell. And so God said, the Bible says that we're, we're created equal, that he made all men of one blood. The Constitution says all men are created equal. So we've got to, we've got to stand for equal rights for people and treat every person That's with right. the dignity right. and honor and respect that God gave for them. It's their, it's their God-given right, but it's also a constitutional right. And then whenever we look at the Constitution, it says that, it says that we are guaranteed, Americans are guaranteed the, 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 the right to life the right to liberty, and we're guaranteed the right to pursue happiness. Now, we're not guaranteed happiness. That's right. A lot of people think I'm guaranteed happiness. No, 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 no. no. The Constitution says you're guaranteed the right to pursue happiness. You can, you can pursue it. You may never get there. That's up to you. You may not be a happy person, but you do have the right to pursue it. But on those other two things, those are guaranteed rights of the Constitution. You have the right to life, and you have the right to uh, liberty. And so we look at these unborn babies, and, and, and now the administration we have now is in favor of murdering babies right up to the time that they're born. I mean, when they're born and moving on and crying on the table, they'll still murder them. Now, that's just about as evil as you can possibly get and as hellish as you can possibly get, and there's no way I can square that with the Word of God. There's absolutely no way that I can convince myself that God smiles on that because right. the word tells us God himself said this whenever Cain killed his brother Abel, God said, where is your brother? And he said, well, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, see, that's a spirit that Cain started all those decades or centuries ago. He said, am I my brother's keeper? Well, we're still saying the same thing. They will. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, God said, yes, you are. In fact, he tells us in Psalms 31, he says, you need to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. That's right. You need to defend that's the right. defenseless. You need to help those that can't help themselves. And you need to speak out for them. And then, and then we have to understand that, that uh, uh, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness is a constitutional thing. It's also a godly thing. And when we're guaranteed that life and God says, thou shalt not kill, then what are we going to do with that? We can't just say, oh, well, it's a sign of the times. Oh, well, we need to be relevant. Oh, well, we need to move into modern days. Oh, well, it's okay. Uh, it, it's not even okay to say it's a woman's choice. Well, That's what do you right. mean it's a woman's choice? It's not a woman's choice. <laughs> what about the baby's choice? You know, everyone that's listening to me today is someone that was not aborted. That's mm -hmm. right. No, it's powerful. It absolutely is. It's impactful. It's, uh, and I feel like we've just scratched the surface of some of these things, but it's time that the church absolutely wakes up right. and understands not only the power that's in their hands, but the responsibility. Well, and and the fact that the, the church and Christians, even in this election, have been highly criticized for being racist. I mean, that's the word everybody throws out there. That's their big accusation against everything. And of all people on the planet, <laughs> to say is racist, it, it, it's absolutely facetious and a downright lie. 
that a Christian would be racist because of the fact that John 3.16 says God loved the whole world. And if I'm going to be a real Christian, then I've got to love everybody. I've got to love every race. I've got to love every person, good, bad, or ugly. And I've got, I've got an obligation to stand in a place of influence to try to do everything I can to either help them uh, change their mind about something, maybe they're thinking wrong, or protect them. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's like looking at a bowl of M&Ms and trying to say, well, you know, look, there's a red one, a green one, and a yellow one, and a brown one. They're all the same on the inside. That's right. Yeah. They're all the same on the inside. Yeah, and the blood right. of Jesus was shed God, for all of them. And God said, I have made of all men yeah. of one blood. That's right. But, you know, Renee just brought up an interesting point, talking about racism. The, the very reason that Margaret Sanger, who was an evil, vile, wicked, racist, Hitler-esque, Yes. Uh, I couldn't say enough bad words about the woman. Oh. The reason she created Planned Parenthood was to de- was for racism purposes. She That's wanted right. to destroy the black race. She That's said right. that time and time again. I've got quote after quote after quote after quote from Margaret Sanger where she just she calls black people weeds and says they should be exterminated. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the, the vile things that she says that Planned Parenthood was designed, she says, to create a superior race. And she wanted to weed out those that she called the feeble-minded, anybody yeah. that with with a, 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 a handicap or, 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 or autism or anything that she would have considered feeble-minded. She wanted to kill them. She wanted to take all immigrants. You know, we're in a big battle right now today about well, the Republicans say this about immigrants, the Democrats say this about immigrants. Well, well, Margaret Sanger's idea about immigrants was that she wanted them all to be sterilized and all to be forced to work on a farm for the rest of their lives. That was She wrote that in her books. Uh, she was just an evil, vile person. And today we still have Planned Parenthood. Our government's still funding Planned Parenthood. Uh, they murder babies. They, they're, they're racist. They're, there's just not enough vile things I could say about the vile woman and the vile organization that is Margaret Sanger and that is uh, Planned Parenthood. No, that's exactly right. And, and it's, and it is again, time that we pay attention to it and time that we stop and look at the fact that what we're being told isn't the whole truth. No, yeah. What see, I'm we, saying, see, isn't my opinion. Those are facts. I mean, I can give right. you the quotes, right. scripture and verse. See, Planned know. Parenthood screams women's rights and screams <laughs> choice right. and screams a woman can do what she wants Except with her body. Except for unborn women. Let's kill the little girls. Let's that's kill right. the baby girls. Right. That's and right. Christianity tends to be the, it is the most equal rights opportunity for any woman on the planet. Absolutely. So many religions of the world, all their rules are for the women, and they're and women are sometimes lower than a cow. That's right. In many religions, oh, so You've if you're going to serve God and you're a woman, I'd be going after Christianity. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, thank you. That was really good today, and I believe that, and I know you guys do too, that we're absolutely at a critical point in time. Yes, we are. And and we've got to stand up in some of these elections, and we've got to scream godly values from the rooftops. That's right. That doesn't mean that we're always going to have a perfect candidate, but we're going to do the best that we can with what we've got. No, yeah, absolutely. It's a start. And sometimes people talk about candidates being the, the lesser of two evils. Well, it's not really that the candidate's the lesser of two evils. We're going to have to look at the platform and see what is this candidate going to support? What does this party platform want to do? You know, I remember what to the last presidential cycle that came around, uh, 
the Democratic, uh, at, the, at the DNC, at the Democratic National Convention, they literally voted God out and said, we don't want God in the, in the DNC. That's right. Yeah. Well, now, to me, that's just, to me, I would have walked. To me, I would have said, okay, this is my last day as a Democrat. Yeah, you would think a Christian would walk. Oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> but but <laughs> because tomorrow. they say, well, but my mama's a Democrat, my granddad's a Democrat, and I like sure. this, and I like this, sure, and, sure. I, and, 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 and Hollywood pressures me to do this, then they, they stay in. And yet, Whenever, if I was in a group tomorrow, I don't care if it was the biggest church in the world, if I walked in a church tomorrow where they're all praising Jesus, and then somebody stands up and says, okay, let's vote God out of here. We don't want God. I'd walk. No, that's right. That's right. And uh, and you've never been shy. You would walk. <laughs> yeah. <you can> believe <laughs> it. And it would be noticed. It would be noticed. I'd take well, everybody I could with me. Uh, that's right. Well, this has been good. And, and again, I think we just scratched the surface of some things that really need to be said. But uh, to those of you listening out there today, I just want to thank you for being with us. And I really hope that this has been a blessing to you and has helped sort of declutter some of the issues facing our nation as we walk into an absolutely vital election. Be sure and check each week for a new podcast as we examine the Word of God. And remember, you're more than a conqueror. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.